This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 277, Sidereal Confluence. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hey, y'all, we're down here at the Sidereal Confluence. We got Mountain Dew, we got trucks, and we got big, big, big bags of rice and beans, and they're all here just sitting out ready for you to come get them. We got a big bag of beans for whoever wins the Sidereal Confluence this Sunday. It is, we've got Sidereal, and it is a confluence. Welcome, welcome. Hey, y'all, you're going to want to come out to Grover's Corners uh, Farmer's Market. We got... (laughs) We got ourselves a hay bag race. We got ourselves a, an egg race. We got ourselves a sidereal confluence. We got a little bit of everything for the little ones. Hey, the kids are going to have a great time out here. I know y'all are going to want straight from the farm cubes of various colors and sizes. We've got them all. We've got fresh farm to table. You're going to want to have We it. got farm to table ultra tech here for everybody. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to have it. You're going to want to have it. Now, I think it would be great, Matt, actually, uh-huh. if we did a reskin uh-huh. of Sidereal Confluence yeah. where they're all just space, like, hicks. Yeah, like, yeah. how come we got to have all these space games right. where every, like, faction represented has, like, they seem like either there's some sort of vaguely, like, military mm-hmm. wing of it mm-hmm. um, or, like, they're... You know, they're very sophisticated in some way, right. intellectual or whatever. How come we don't have like space bumpkins? Right. Like, right. that's what I want. I want a space bumpkin game Absolutely. where it's just normal people, real salt of the earth people. Well, that it, are the, representing each faction. The idea of an intergalactic society, surely someone's got the best tech and everyone else looks like the bozos, right? Like everybody else has yeah. to be the bozos and someone's just like, we've got the fast ships and everyone else is like, oh, I got the clunker out back. I don't know, man. Maybe what I'm saying though is I'm not looking for an intergalactic society. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking for an intergalactic hootenanny. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's what I want. Give me that game. Yeah. Inter cosmic hootenanny. Okay, an intergalactic crawfish boil. Let me tell you what. <laughs> That's a game title right there. <laughs> Intergalactic Crawfish Broil. Is, that is a game. That, Matt, that is a title yeah. worthy of a Kickstarter <laughs> with no text yeah. in the body. You right. know what I mean? Like, no video, nothing else. <laughs> board game. It just says it's a board game. We want $40,000 and we get like $2 million in like four no. days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give us $8 million for Intergalactic Crawfish Broil. Like, <laughs> That is a game I can put my name on, Matt. Like, that is my brand. Oh, man. That's what I want to have, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, this is kind of wild. This is the second time in three weeks we have an episode just about other, a different game. Just to, just talking about another yeah. game. That's kind of the theme of the, as we're wrapping up 2022, we're sort of looking at 2023 and thinking about 
some sort of new game. But before we dive really fully into Hunter and I's experience playing Sidereal Confluence, and we will talk about what that game is, I want to get ahead of also this is the week of tournament signups. You should have already been a patron in October and November. Everybody yeah. should have received an email with an invite. If you did not get an invite and you were expecting one, please message me on Discord and I will get to the bottom of why. There, there's been any number of reasons why things have shown up in the wrong folder or whatever. Just hit me up. Uh, if you believe you should get an invite, you probably should, and I'm more than happy to get it into your hands. Uh, there's absolutely no way, if you're signing up now, you're getting into the buy round. I mean, the buy round probably uh, was filled within about two and a half minutes, would be my yeah. guess. Uh, you're dang right. There's a lot of people and, trying and to like... Who, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, hold up. Guess who got one of those buys? Uh -huh. Guess who took up... Guess yeah. who did the work, yeah. normal style, <laughs> to get into the buy round uh it's me yeah. i was the ninth person ninth on the to list. sign up Good job, okay hunter. in the pre hunter is in the prelims at the very yeah. least uh and we yeah can and guess what it wasn't hard it was easy i just had to be there <laughs> that's all i just had it to was easy it was easy okay you just you just throw in all your details in the thing uh -huh. you click submit uh, and then you fix it all because you did it all wrong. Right. You know right. what I mean? That's you, the trick you, people learn this first. year is you can actually just hit submit. As long as you just type A and like you could just type one letter into every single thing and then yeah. hit submit, you can go back and edit it and you don't lose your place in line. That's the yeah. actual trick of uh, signing up fast. So every year people learn a little bit faster way to sign up. So next year I expect the buy round to fill up in about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Instantaneous <laughs> yeah. buy round fill up. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun signing up for it. Um, it was it was a painless, easy experience. Thank you, Matt. Uh, for it was. Why are you acting like I'm being sarcastic? It was. It was a good. Uh, yeah, listen, a good part a successful of me, day. Part of me participating in the tournament in this way mm -hmm. is that I'm giving us that grounds eye view yeah. of what it feels like to enter this tournament. And yeah. you're doing was, some it, Gonzo journalism this year. This yes. Is <laughs> yes. This is important for us to know what it's like to just do it, you know? And I got to say, it was it was smooth. Yeah. All right. I um, just got my email and then I did it. I well, know some people are did not get their email or that there's there's always like a person or two yeah. that has some difficulties. Some complication. Um, that is, you know, what, well, obviously we take no responsibility for that. That's always some, you know, that's some weird internet stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. Ain't, that ain't on us. Yeah, I mean, people but. received the invite. Like, I sent the invite at 2 p.m. And then there are people that did not get it for like two and a half minutes later or something. And I, there's no explanation I can't, for that. I can't explain that. That's like, that's email gremlins. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's the gremlins intercepted the email. Yeah. They wanted to read it first yeah. and then they let you have it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They're like, what is this? And then they pass it along to you. <laughs> you know, like, I can't help if you're being like, watch yeah you know yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. not my fault right. that you are a person of interest or something <laughs> like that you know uh if you want to be a part of the tournament and you've been sort of waffling on it but you were a patron in october or november the signups end this saturday december 17th at 20 utc and after that time you can still just join the patreon at any time and there will be a link to the waitlist sign up and the waitlist is another way to just play if a decently scheduled game happens upon you and you can you can make time for whatever the waitlist is a great way to get in on the tournament last minute you just throw your hat in the bucket and see how things go uh so also at 20 utc on saturday we will release a video detailing the draft format 
and the slices for the qualifier round, as well as uh, I have... I'm working on and finishing up a tabletop playground sort of tutorial slash introduction video. Just sort of, it's more like a tour. It's just showing you around TTPG. Yeah. It shows you how to get set up because it's a, it's slightly different than TTS. It's not like a Steam Workshop thing. It's a, it's a mod.io. So you have to learn a little bit about that. But then beyond that, uh, it's a little video tour of, uh, of tabletop playground. But if you, if you're wanting to get ahead of it, there is a great. A written guide by Daryl out there that is most of the details that I have in my video. Uh, not much has changed since Daryl wrote that guide, and he keeps it pretty well updated. But if you're if you're interested in a video guide, that will be coming out uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, um, I also just wanted to say um, that well, first of all, that I'm excited, and also check out on December 18th. Um, I don't remember the UTC time, but uh, as far as Eastern time, I'm uh, aiming for 11 a.m. Eastern start time. Uh, I'm going to be playing a mock um, tournament game. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll be doing a run of the tournament rules, how it's supposed to go down, yeah. uh, and everything. And it'll be my first practice game. Uh, as I imagine, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be wanting to run practice games of their own. Yeah. Um, if they're in the qualifiers, so they're going to have to play, you know, in January. So it's coming up. You right. know, like it's, it's a quick it's turnaround actually, from sign yeah. up to the game yeah that's a uh, 1600 um, utc by the way 1600 uh, utc good job to check out hunter uh testing out the draft and practicing getting getting his reps in for his yeah. road to the championship in tournament five yeah and that's all at twitch.tv slash space cats peace turtles uh if you want to check all that out it's going to be uh super it's going to be a big weekend oh my yeah. god matt we a lot going we ruined december for ourselves yeah, absolutely. you know that right yep. like we we have to do the holidays, and then we always tend to schedule like a million other things. things. We also have, like, I don't want to, oh, I, I don't know that we can say the date yet, but we are going to do a holiday spectacular Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, we are. We are doing that. I'll say the date. It's fine to say the date. I'm pretty sure we have it locked in of, uh, what, what did we say? The 27th? The 27th. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's going to... That's going to happen. We're playing with our friends. That always goes so well. It's always such a smooth and happy experience, and there's never any awkward emotions afterwards. Uh, right. We've got Sean. We've yeah. got Connor. Like, it's, it's we, we going to be a EJ. It should be the five of us. We're trying to get our six. We're trying to lock I down can't believe our e six. I can't believe we're making EJ play. Now, that's messed up, That's Matt. pretty rude. We should not. Yeah. Do that to EJ. EJ right. is a nice guy, I, and we I love messaged EJ, EJ a lot. I messaged EJ, and I was like, like you know if you don't want to play hey i don't blame you it's gonna be rough and he's like what are you talking about why is it gonna be rough and i was like what do you mean <laughs> it's always rough like what are you, what yeah. are you talking about I was like oh I, he's, he said oh i always have a great time so i don't know i think you and i are the only ones who uh dread this this event anymore <laughs> yeah it's uh, well yeah i i you know what though i hope this year i think my expectation yeah is just going to be like to play a simple game yeah. and to try and stay in, to, to try, here's the thing. What we could do with the Holiday Spectacular that we haven't done in the past that I want to try and do this year is just reconnect to how it felt like yeah. playing Twilight Imperium when we didn't really know right. how it worked. Yeah, let's you play stupid. We're gonna play stupid. We're not gonna take it too seriously. We're just gonna have fun yeah. with our friends. I have, I have one sort of stunt I hope to pull. I have a thing. I hope to bring with me. Ah, might, we might talk about it behind the scenes. It might not be. I mean, here, here's my idea. Actually, I'll present it. I'll present it right now. 
I would like to, and I don't think the other players will want to do this, but maybe I just do it for myself. Um, for every point I score, I want to do a hot wing challenge. Wanna, oh my god! I, I want to progressively eat spicier and spicier things, and it's like punishment for doing well. <laughs> Basically, that's great. No, that's really good for you, man. Yeah. Because then it's sort of like if you don't score, yeah, yeah, you're good. like, okay, well, you know, I don't have to, don't have to go do further this. on the hot wing yeah. challenge. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. It's kind of your consolation prize for not doing well. Yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. Yep. Yep, yep. So maybe that's a thing I do, and then at the end of the game, I just have to eat the rest of them no matter what anyways, just because I'll have already bought them and made them, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hey, Hunter, do you want to talk with me about this lovely little board game we played called Sidereal Confluence? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Let's do talk about it. <laughs> um, the thing about Sidereal Confluence as compared to, like, Spirit Island is... It's a little more abstract to yeah. try and explain in the old podcast format because mm -hmm. I can sum it up really quickly, yeah. but I feel like it doesn't make that much sense. Yes. Like if I were to tell you, like it would be very accurate to say, this is what Sidereal Confluence is. It's a science fiction trading game yeah. where you trade different cubes yep. to each other and that's it. I, right. I just I just nailed it. The By the way, game. that was an excellent summary. Yep. But I don't know what you have listener from that. Like yeah, that is yeah. what it is. Here, I'm not Here's a comparison I, point. It's like if I were to tell you, yeah, yeah, if you go to this uh, this thing called a car auction, it's this it's just this fun little thing where people go and they 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 buy cars for like kind of cheap or whatever. You just go there and you you can maybe get a couple cars and then maybe you resell them or whatever. And then you go to that event with that description, you're like, yeah, 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 it's just a place to go buy cars. And you get there, and then there's like a dude up in a tower being, and there's like people throwing their hands up at random intervals, and there's like four different pods of this happening. You're like, that. this is not what I was uh, explained. This is not how this was right. explained to me at all. Right. So it, it is a potentially like overwhelming game yeah. to learn. Um, I think that it's, this is just a guess because this is not how we learn the game. But I think it would actually be a fantastic game to learn with a group. Yeah. Because it's all, all about trading. Right. I feel like you you can feel this is this is just imaginary though, because this is not how me and Matt did it. But I would imagine the way it would work is, you know, you've got one person over here has realized one like shorthand deal that's yeah. good. And then all of a sudden that shorthand deal becomes like the norm. And then somebody realizes an even better deal that makes sense. It's it's basically the way the way the game works is you have all these different currency of cubes and you want to trade them with each other. The reason you want to trade them is because you have these things called converters. Yeah. These are just cards in your play area. And these converters allow you to like input or lose certain types of cubes in order to gain more cubes. Yeah. And each cube has sort of a um a set value right. that isn't it, it at first it seems like unimportant, but it is actually hugely important to like understanding the game. Right. There are little cubes that are worth one. There are bigger cubes that are worth one point five, and then there there are these things that are worth like three. Yeah. Essentially, um, and you want to create more value. You want to input uh, cubes that are you know worth not much, and then you get stuff that's worth more than that. That's how you do well in the game, strictly right. speaking. So that's why the trading happens. Right. I might need specifically five green cubes but i only create 
on my own, like two yeah. green cubes. Well, right. now I have to trade some of my other stuff that I'm not even using, that right. I'm not even inputting into my converters for the green cubes. Yeah. And then the whole magic of the game is how do we determine what those green cubes are worth now? Right. Are they worth exactly a white? Like, are they just worth white cubes that are both valued one? Do mm -hmm. Are we just doing a little currency exchange here? Um, does that make sense for that to happen? Right. Do I have to give you a little extra value in order to incentivize you to give me the green right. cubes? How many okay, other how people have whites? Much? Like, how many other yeah. people have exactly that? It's like, oh, the, our market suddenly has a blue cube surplus, and, and yes. blue cubes are basically worth nothing because everybody's got them. Um, it, it is an, it's very much an economic game. I love the, uh, the thematics of it are like hilarious. Uh, the idea is you are, you are these like nine spacefaring, uh, uh, alien races that have all agreed to, uh, I'll read the back of the box. Uh, nine species come together during the great confluence, their goal to peacefully build a joint society where every species is equal and share every new innovation. Each wants their own ideals at the core of the growing society. What follows is the most aggressive cooperation the galaxy has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no war. There's in no serial war. confluence. Yep. There's no, there's no outright conflict, but there is a lot of, Shady deal making. Yes. There's a lot of situations that can happen in sidereal confluence where, like, there's the moment that I loathe that I feel like I didn't. Oh, oh also, uh, we should know I, I'm really bad at this game and I'll never be good <laughs> at it. And we'll explain that later. Yeah. Um, but the situation that I dread that I want to avoid is I is being the last person to make a deal. Oh, absolutely. That that is a horrible position to be in because yeah. I don't like. If you try and do a deal early, then that means that, oh, well, there's a lot of cubes that everyone has, yep. so I can probably figure something out. But if you wait till the end, it, this game literally just has a trading phase where everybody just makes trades. Yeah. It, it, there's no turn order. It's right. just like, make all your deals right now. Around. Well, and, and so, yeah, to, to sort of get a, a little bit more in, in detail, you were talking about those converters. People could compare this in their minds to any standard sort of like Euro engine builder. But imagine yeah. if all of your engine building stuff, there was almost no way to make it circuitous. There's no way for it to generate the amount of things you need to then make it like sort of self-operate. Yeah. Everything is everything generates uh, cubes you don't need in addition to the cubes you do need. Yes, and and exactly. you don't get enough of the cubes you do need. So the whole idea is we've all generated like a bunch of value, and all the like the game tells you things are worth a specific amount. Yeah, now that's obviously like we said, that's going to sort of change given economic surpluses and downturns and all of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But in general, you know, there are three types of cubes that are worth point five. It's it's I don't point five what point five of a point I guess I don't know. It does, it, but but they're worth point five. And then you got cubes that are worth one. And you got cubes that are worth one point five. You got cubes that are worth three, right? So you have that as like a baseline. Are, are idea. there cubes that are worth point five? What what are the cubes that are worth point five? The ships. I don't. I, don't, the, the, I guess the ships are worth one, but it never felt like they were actually worth one. Anyways. Well, yeah, that's true. There's and at the end of the day, you score this game in twelfths. So <laughs> there's a whole mess of numbers happening throughout the entirety of the game. Right, the, there's maybe too many numbers. The, if you're scared by lots of numbers, yeah. then this game might not work. It, I'll say this: the game doesn't work for me because of how many numbers there yeah. are in it. And but I enjoy playing it anyways, yeah. even though. I don't think I will. I would have to play it so much to ever get good at this game. Right. 
Um, and I don't think I, I don't think that will ever happen. Like right. I was last place by a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like that will be the case every. I do not have the patience mm -hmm. to math out the perfect deal. So I just take whatever comes fast. Right. That's that's my trading policy, which means I am a great mark yep. to essentially just run over yep. because I don't have the patience to think about uh, if every deal actually makes sense. Right. Right. I'm more interested in just saying yes. So if you propose something and it sounds good to me, I just say yes and we're done. Yep. The only the only reason I would say no is if I just don't have the imagination to figure out yep. how I can make use of this, right. essentially. Right. So. Uh, the the idea of the converters is they just will specifically tell you, you know, if you input these cubes, those are worth like three and a half. And then they will output during the output phase, whatever the economy phase, they will output five and a half value. So you just know inherently, if I finish this converter, I'm just going to gain $2 worth of value out of thin air. That's like the whole point. Right. And so you know right. everybody's trying to run these converters to turn some value into more value. And the whole point yeah. is to upgrade converters to just generate more and more and more value. By the end of the game, it's like input three, output nine or something insane like these huge 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 converters are what you can end up with but the point is some of that value is are cubes that you have absolutely no purpose for but somebody right. else probably does so the hardest part about learning this game is keeping your eyes open to what everybody else needs and like hunter's saying being the first one to act and get that thing into their hands because the last thing you want is to be what happened to me basically every time was just like I was playing a faction called the Fodderon, and they're the only ones with, like, kind of a significant amount of randomness in them. I had a deck I was trying to draw from every single round that would give me new random converters or abilities or whatever, but it was just, like, I didn't know what I was going to get out of that deck at any given point. And the trick with the Fodderon was I ran those processes during the trading phase, like while right. everyone else is talking over me and trying to do their deals, I'm trying to make deals happen so that I can run this thing right now so that I can draw a card to see if that's something else I need to try to get new uh, cubes yeah. for. Like I might draw something and then suddenly have a need for black cubes, right? So I have right. to figure that out ASAP. But the cost of me doing this random draw was quite high four white cubes and a specifically ice planet there are different planet like traits or whatever ice fiery or whatever it doesn't matter but the white planets i had to cash all of that in to then draw a card and see how the rest of my round was basically going to go so not only was just like everybody talking over i have to make this deal happen right now because then i have follow-up deals that i need to try to make happen and it was like a, a total mess for me in terms of keeping up with uh you know i i also like have this fear of of people holding one over on me you know and and and, and getting mm -hmm. especially you know we were playing with some people who uh had no interest in necessarily holding back too much right we played with like duke lukem Deft piper and cages and Deft was very openly like you're not gonna learn this game if you don't just you know sort of pony up and, and figure right. out when you get a good or bad deal so like right. i knew deft was offering me deals that were just like in her favor just straight up right. and down they were going to benefit but that's the thing is over the course of this game you learn uh, luke put it the best way in the game is there's there's two types of good deals the one where we both feel like we're getting something out of it it's like okay cool kind of an equitable deal that seems good but then there's the deals where neither of you feel happy about it it's like okay that's clearly a very good deal actually because you shouldn't right. you shouldn't feel 
necessarily great, but as long as the other person right. also doesn't feel great about what you've gotten out of it, then it's like, okay, then that probably was fair, I guess. <laughs> right. Because you both got so little extra value on top yes. that you're feeling like, uh, well, this was this even really worth it? Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, a, a lot of the game, because of the way your mechanics worked, I felt like was you talking to Deft and yeah. Duke. Yep. My experience was a little bit different because I was sitting by Cages. Yeah. Me and Cages would just have mime deals because there wasn't any room for us to speak to each other. Yeah, yeah. So I would just bring my <laughs> my cubes over and silently just like, I would tap, just tap, bring tap. some cubes over and I would just tap, tap, tap and I'd be like, Cages, these cubes. Yeah. And then I would just like tap on what cubes I wanted and we would just exchange silently. Yeah. And then actually I, for a while, so I was playing a faction called the uh, Kit, yeah. or uh, well, they're not quite just called the. They're called the Kit this, for short, this but it's like game a game has hilarious faction names. We haven't talked about the thematics of the factions yet, but they yeah. they have intentionally obtuse aliany names yes, that then have little goofy. pronunciations under them. So Hunter was the Kits or Kit Riddle, uh, but it's K T apostrophe Z R apostrophe K T apostrophe R T L adhocracy, which is a hilarious. Uh, notion of what a government could be adhocracy. Ad yeah, that's very very funny. Uh, they, they are. They, I picked them because they look like the Sardak Nor. Yeah. Um, they are the the bug faction. Their strength is that they um can invest in these planets. Yeah. Uh, most most of the time, uh, there's like two like bidding phases where you bid on planets or tech. Right. Um, and. Uh, the kit do not have to bid on planets, although they can. Sure. Um, and in fact, they're pretty good at bidding on planets. Um, but they also have a separate deck that they can just invest in where they just colonize planets. Mm -hmm. um, and my game, I leaned into that because I felt like each planet just would give me cubes that made me feel like... I, I think I was a little confused and thought that maybe the point of the game was to be like self-sufficient and yeah. not actually have to do that much trading. Because if my cubes were, if my planets were constantly generating cubes that I could throw in my converters for more value, then I was like, oh, well, then I'm just like creating, yeah. I'm just a closed system. You a closed leaned into loop. the engine builder aspect of it, basically. Yeah. And, and I misunderstood that that is, while that's cool, it doesn't actually generate any victory points. I actually did that thing where I played the game um, and didn't think about how scoring yeah, happened. Right. Um, and then didn't start thinking about scoring until like the fifth round of turn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was pretty interesting that they could uh, invest in this because it was just like, all right, well, you put in, you, you, you spend like one yellow cube, you get a planet. Uh, as long as you're doing that early, that planet is going to generate way more value yep. than that yellow cube yep. that you spent. As long as it's going to be at least two rounds, then you're good. Yep. You've made money. Right. Um, uh, perhaps it's not enough money as compared to just trading. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if you just waited for someone to be stuck in a position where they had to make kind of a bad deal with you, you'd probably make more money faster than right. just investing in your own planets. That's just a guess. Um, nothing we're going to say strategically about this game Has is weight. coming from a place of expertise. <laughs> yeah. We're just where we're at with this game right now. Yeah. It's very fun to talk about, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I played the kit... Um, they, that's pretty much their whole thing. They have one. They have one other thing that their their converters are um, cut in half, yeah. which is kind of fun. They start with these converters that have like two sides, and you can upgrade either side for like more value mm -hmm. on both end of the conversion. Right. Uh, which was also 
pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, I would say that faction is very fun. They were rated as very low complexity, and I agree yeah. in that I felt like my faction advantages did not confuse me, even if the, at times they may have misled me. But that's just that's just how I like to play. Sure. If, if I'm playing a faction power type game, and I look at my faction abilities, and I'm like, well, let's lean into these. Yep. Um, but obviously, you know, we know from playing Twilight Imperium that just because a faction has an ability doesn't mean it is worthwhile right. at all. Right. I mean, what? Like, roughly half of the Twilight Imperium faction abilities are <laughs> useful. Half of them are actually not. And then there's mitosis. And our, yeah, and then there's mitosis. It's like, what the, our whole show is about essentially the fact that half of them aren't actually worth... Like, what are we here to do if yeah. not tell you Which ones are uh, this one actually isn't... You don't need to worry about this faction ability. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, too, the other biggest hang up for me was in that technology and research stuff. Um, if I have one hang up with the game, it's that I think the technology stuff is uh, way too obtuse um, because um, instead of in like Twilight Imperium um, or even... Um, spirit island where it's like there's a there's fact there's there's little symbols right and if i collect enough of the symbols that's the way i like upgrade or buy new things or whatever so i'm just sort of looking for these these symbols to buy that makes perfect sense to me um you know i, I want three green tech to be able to get x89 bacterial weapon in sidereal confluence your tech is more like a big kind of crazy web and there is no symbology Within the text, there are just tech names, and they're crazy sci-fi things. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, you, it's, it is all those crazy sci-fi terms, and it becomes extraordinarily difficult because it'll be like, if you want to upgrade this crazy tech name, you need either this other tech or this tech, and there's always two. There's two options that you can like feed into it, and you basically delete the old tech. You delete one tech to upgrade the other. But it's just all of these names. It's just a long, right. long, 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 long list of names. So I found myself spending all of my time just looking through not only all of my texts, be like, wait, do I have anything that's going to be able to like feed into upgrade some sort of upgrade path? Because of course, you need to get your upgrades out as soon as possible because you want you want to be generating. Like I said earlier, you want your three to five to be a three to seven. You want you want that right. value to be extracted. So you need to be finding these upgrades, but you're just looking for the names of things amongst yep. all of the many cards that exist out there. And there's like a there's a research phase where we can pick new text. You're looking at those as well of like, okay, well, what could I buy that then's gonna feed into upgrading my researches? And it's just such a uh sort of area for you to get completely bogged down in details because you're just looking for words you're not looking for a red symbol like if they if these texts had symbols and then you just needed a red tech to feed into like that would be so much easier at a glance to know what i was doing but they wanted to make it like a way more complex web than that i don't right. fault them for wanting the system to look like that but it makes it extraordinarily hard to keep up with yeah it it's kind of a game about I guess, like, not in a fancy way. It's almost a game where it feels like, I guess, maybe what it feels like to work on Wall Street. Exactly. But not on, like, an exciting, crazy day, just yeah. on a normal day. Right. Or, like, this is a less sensical um, comparison, but actually works better in my brain, and maybe it works better in yours, listener. I don't know. It To me, a lot of Sidereal Confluence feels like I'm at a currency exchange place. Yeah. 
and I have cash and I'm just turning it into different currencies all day. Right. Like I'm literally just taking what I have, which has a set value, exchanging it for something else that maybe like where I'm like, I'm giving up that value in exchange for this value, which yeah. is hopefully that and a little bit more. Right. And then I give that potential value up for another new currency value yeah. that is worth that and a little bit more. And it's just that idea like a million times. Yeah. Like yeah. over and over and over in the trades, in your, you're kind of trading with yourself when you look at yeah. the tech in front of you, like what Matt was saying with the whole upgrade functionality. You look at a tech that could just, you could just use it or you can give it up yes. in order to upgrade a tech you already have. That part, unequivocally, the the other, the experienced players at the table told me, upgrade, upgrade your stuff, yeah. give up the other thing. But I didn't really understand the math of it, right. to be honest, because right. I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, but I could also keep it and it's worth this much. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it is a game where you're doing a lot of, I don't want people to think that this is like a really heavy math game. This is not like, this is not calculus. It's, this it's is, one plus one plus one yeah, over and over yeah, and over again, yeah. a million times a second. <laughs> it's low integer arithmetic, but it's a lot of it and in different directions yeah. at once. So yeah. I'm not trying to say we're so stupid. We can't do like very simple math. <laughs> I'm just saying this is a lot of little numbers yeah. that you're moving around that is adding up to essentially your game state. Yes. Right. Like it's not, it's, it's like a, it's like a low integer RPG game yeah. where every point invested is important, but you're playing a character that has a whole lot of different stats. Yes. You know, right. so every time you invest a point that definitely matters. Yeah. But your character has all of these different stats, so it's never clear exactly how important it is. Right. It's just like each time we need to do this good. Yeah. And, and at the end, hopefully that means we are winning. This is um my one. Uh, this is definitely a gripe. This is a gripe I have with every single game that has this um this aspect. I It's never clicked for me, but this is one of those games where you do not find out how well everyone is doing until yeah. the end of the game. Right. Your victory points are revealed at the end. Um, I... Every, I haven't. I've yet to play a game with that style of scoring mm -hmm. that I have liked. Yeah. Um. So don't take it very seriously that I have this problem with it because this is very popular. There are lots of games that right. that do scoring all at the end. I guess Carcassonne. It doesn't bother me, but Carcassonne does it in a very silly way. Yeah. You know. Right. Carcassonne. You're literally just like, here's this thing here, this tile. Uh. I don't know. Did this work out? Let's count it up now. Right. Like I. I like. I like the way Carcassonne does it, and Carcassonne is also very simple visually. Right. So it's very easy to look at another player situation and kind of eyeball what they're at. Yeah. Um, with Sidereal Confluence, I don't. I have no idea how many games it would take before I would recognize what the other players are doing in addition to my own math. Right. Like and incorporating what their converters are interested in and what type of cubes and value they are creating over there. Yep. Very where I'm at. Very difficult to size that up, but seems like it would be pretty important if you wanted to play this game very competitively yeah yeah um i feel like we've done a good little overview and i think what i what we should do next is talk more about how we could learn more about this game and and cover it in some respect because i think that's going to get into a lot more of the nuances of the game so before we do that i think we should uh take a quick little break
Welcome back. Okay, uh, so I want to talk more about the idea Hunter was sort of uh, ending with there in kind of the introduction to, to talk about the, the ways I could see uh, strategies of this game being developed. Because there's a, there's a few different things at play. Obviously, there's just like factions, right? It's like, okay, we can learn the right. factions. You learn what the factions need on average, right? Like the one I was talking about earlier. I always mm -hmm. had a, just a deep need of white cubes. But it's a little bit hard to talk about like how you get those in a concrete way. <laughs> it's, right. like, it's like going to Twilight Imperium being like, how do you reliably get Gift of the Prescience from Nalu? It's like, I, what? Sure. I don't get to just <laughs> decide that. That's that's between the interpersonal deals with the people. It's a, it is literally, the whole point of the game is negotiation. Right. But the thing I did feel out um, that, that I think was where my brain wanted to learn more is that there are certainly kind of phases of this game. And really defining economies by phases was something that was i think wanting to click with me it wasn't yet i was very bad at it but something the people teaching us kind of kept relaying to us is like if you're investing in points too early like any points you score early that's nothing that 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 is essentially you know your end goal for all of this money you're gaining is to yeah. then buy points, if you want to think of it that way. These things, right. the values that they're all worth, are supposed to be worth points. That's kind of what the values right. represent. So mm -hmm. anytime you get a point, that's the end of that. That's like burning it. Lighting the dollar on fire right. is to buy right. one point. So the phases of the game are like early game, you have to get some semblance of an engine, right? You got to just pay attention to these techs, get upgrades, make these things feed into each other so that you're generating as much money as possible. And then maybe like a mid game of get the money, just get more and more and more money. Like the early game right. is doing anything you can to get the cubes to upgrade the stuff. And then the middle of right. the game is get all of the money you can possibly get. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Just get money. And ideally, that is money that can eventually be points, but you'll probably trade it to become those points. And then the, like the last phase of the game is the last round where you go, okay, this has been fun and everything, but now all of these dollars need to be lit on fire in as many points as is possible. It's, it's sort of like capitalism, right? Like <laughs> right. you, you are, I mean, I mean that seriously. It is. It's, it's like a capitalism you're, you're, game. That's the whole. You're, you're a company. Yeah. You make profit. You reinvest the profit into your own company. Right. And it's not until you are as big as possible that you start doing things like buying Activision Blizzard. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> when you try to monopolize yeah. as much as possible right. is only once you've reinvested in yourself over and over, yeah. you know, Amazon didn't become Amazon without self-investment right. for like a very a long time. Long time. Right. You know what I mean? You can't be the biggest, you know, the, you can't really push everyone around until you are yourself the biggest, right. you know, corporation. And the only time, the only way to become the biggest corporation is self-investment. Right. That, that wasn't criticism, by the way. <laughs> I'm not criticizing anything Hunter, I'm just describing. are you getting political <laughs> i'm help, sorry help. i'm trying to describe the system as is and if it sounds if describing it the way it is sounds like criticism that's not my fault yeah okay <laughs> it just that's how well, the way the world works and that's what the winner of this game is is whose economies became 
the most valuable where they just basically control Vegas. the market share. Yeah, they right. they they yeah. they force the monopoly. It, it and that's why it is aggression at the end. Of the, it's not a cooperative game. We're not building no. <laughs> actually a peaceful government at all. We are trying to delete everyone else through making them too poor to matter. It's a trade war. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what war. you're engaging in. Right. It it is a trade war between these these factions. They're yeah. not they're past the point of any, you yes. know, martial conflict. Right. It's just you know, pure economic warfare, right. uh, and you know, uh, tricking your, you know, your your neighbor essentially with uh, with bad trade deals and yeah. weird. Uh, I, I what's exciting to me is the idea of getting sidereal confluence. It's very similar to Spirit Island in this way. When we when we were talking about Spirit Island, we talked about how much fun it would be to just have a Spirit Island group. Yep, and you meet every week like a D and D group, yeah, like yeah. a role playing group. Sidereal Confluence, I feel like, has that aspect as well. Yeah. Um, this is another week where it's like, I, you know, we mostly play board games in the digital space. Yeah. Um, and I don't really see that changing right. um, just because it's the easiest way for us to stream the game to make it available to you to see. Yep. But I actually think Sidereal Confluence, even more so than, than Spirit Island, and this is something Duke Lucan was saying, uh, so I'm kind of stealing this point from some of the people we played with, but um, this is an in-person game, mm -hmm. and it makes sense why it would be because yeah. it on Discord um, very quickly crosstalk becomes not workable right. as far as like how much speaking is like going to be tolerable at once. Right. Whereas in a room, it's very easy for people to talk to each other right. and not really be interrupting each other in the same way. I, I find a voice chat um, is much more difficult for a million different voices to be going at once because all you have is the voice right it's you have one output at a time yeah and there's yeah. No, there's no way around that so yeah this would be an ex uh, this would be a very difficult game for us to cover in a live stream scenario right like we could do podcast yeah. episodes about it but in terms of just like showcasing the game it's really hard to like control and especially especially we we sat down to do a stream and unfortunately it got cut short because my woods internet exploded and i i lost internet for eight hours uh on us on a beautiful saturday on a um, saturday yeah well that's that when it goes down that's usually when it goes down when everybody's home wow. using up the internet right. it all right. crashes so anyways no the, wait no we can't move on from that real quick i know arkansas yeah what is happening it's a nightmare like it's it's you're supposed to be a state yeah and we, you just don't have like literally we have communicated with your in your isp so much yep. trying to get this problem fixed and we cannot and yeah. i just want to apologize to everyone that was watching that day uh that we were not able to give you a stream yeah. because where matt lives there is only one internet service provider available yep. and they won't even they just they, get to turn they, stuff off sometimes they just they just there's no there's no getting around it yeah. we'll we've we've called them we've offered them everything you know what i mean like yeah. we'll do anything yeah. to just fix this issue yeah and they're just it's like kind of no, like i'll give you not. four white cubes for one internet you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's sort of it's like i'll do anything we, for the last we have offered round. insane deals <laughs> five yellow cubes one ultra tech yeah for just good a, internet a on internet. a Saturday, yep. and they cannot do it. Nope. They just will not. Yeah. They're just like, we just don't have it. Yeah. Even outside of those errors, it was a hard thing to stream because, Hunter, you were the one in the driver's seat, but I imagine, like, when it's the trading phase, 
you are now no longer engaging <laughs> with Twitch chat. No, or you can't. it's impossible. No. It's too much focus to like do everything in the game. There's right. like never a, a moment where you get to catch up with Twitch chat. Like they're just shouting things at you. Like you got to try to get a green cube. And it's like, I know, I know. Shut up. Listen. Okay. Okay. It's just everyone leave me alone. Like <laughs> it's just way too many things happening at once. And uh, yeah, right. I, I just don't think it's a very streamable game in that no, way. It, it, it isn't. Um, and and it, even from a commentary perspective, I, you wouldn't be able to like keep up with what everybody is doing even from oh a bird's eye God. view. Are can you, you kidding imagine, me? Can you imagine the heat we'd get for trying to do a sidereal confluence tournament? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. how often people would be like, the commentators were speaking yeah. and that is that shouldn't be allowed, yeah. Yeah. basically. Can you like, uh, can I'll, you like engineer a, a Twitch thing where every single player <laughs> is on a separate audio a channel separate and I can just channel. turn them on and off myself as a viewer? Can, can you just create an entire new streaming platform that allows for 16 individualized audio tracks you know, the, thing, the thing about all that stuff is like it's so heartbreaking to read sorry we're gonna side we're gonna this is a tangent that's what we're talking uh, we're talking about how to do this right how to do yeah, we and, are, our experience it, is how we've done ti so this is the stuff that we like to talk about too is like how how to actually stream this yeah so like a lot of the complaints that we've gotten having to do with specifically like audio stuff mm. it breaks my heart because a lot of it you know th there there have been times where uh, i've been specifically called out for like kind of like not being uh beginner friendly enough when it mm -hmm. comes to stream commentary um the audio aspect of of trying to commentate a board game yeah. is such that it is very difficult to navigate and I wish, like, like at the in the bottom of my heart, I wish we had all of the technology necessary mm -hmm. to do the ridiculous setup right. that you're describing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I wish we could match the I'm gonna say unreasonable expectation yeah. that people have for the audio yeah. presentation aspect of right. a like a a professional broadcast yeah. of a board the, game. The World Series of Poker. They film everything and then they pull two people into a booth and they yeah. run commentary and they yeah. edit around people talking, right? Yeah. They let a conversation yeah. play out and then they pull in the commentary from like they get to do that stuff. And that's yeah. like not an option, but that would work great for sidereal confluence like sidereal confluence would be a youtube only kind of coverage yeah where we would just film a game and hunter and i would just sit and watch it and try to take in all of the information that happens right. within a game and then we would have to like edit it in a presentable way oh where we God. can do commentary cut to negotiation cut back to commentary like it would be the only way to do it i would love to do that for twilight imperium as well that's what i've always dreamed of for twilight imperium. right the issue with twilight imperium is you're talking about an eight to 12 hour thing that then has to be edited. That's just like a manpower we don't have. We could do that for like a two hour game of Sidereal Confluence. Right. right? Like that, that's so much more manageable in, in Root and, and Sidereal Confluence and stuff like that. So we've just, we've chosen this behemoth of a game to cover in a way that makes the notion of editing it so much more difficult. I mean, I applaud the work of people like TI Junkies on, on YouTube. Right. They, they they film themselves and their group, and it's beautiful, right? You get to see, like, a collective group of people back to back to back, week to week, and you see, like, their relationships develop over multiple games, right? But they're editing things down. Like, they're making specific choices for the content to 
be presentable in that way. Right. And it lacks, you know, it lacks details from them. They, you, you get all the heart and all the interviews yep. from them, and you have no idea when people have done anything in a round. Right. right? It's like it's a all, quick little... It's all narrative versus what we're going yes. for, which is more like the, like sports broadcast version of this right. exact game. Right. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, one thing that doesn't really get talked about a lot about when we're, when we're talking about these streams is especially if you're talking about world series of poker, which is like kind yeah. of like our North star when it comes to like, right. how would we like to broadcast all this stuff? Like yeah, it would yeah. be cool if we could do it that way. Um, those, the players like p professional poker players have a lot of discipline as far as when they speak that yep. like make it so much easier to broadcast them as well. Um, a game like Sidereal Confluence, literally it's, it's not that anyone's doing anything wrong by speaking the whole time. The game wants right. you to talk. So yeah, yeah. what we would need, what would be necessary for that broadcast to be clean and simple is for players to behave more like poker players as in like you know poker yeah. players they sit there and they're quiet and then they speak and they kind of yeah. speak when it's necessary to speak when it's their turn yeah and it's, yeah it's very yeah. like i don't know it's 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 very kind of soft-spoken and specific and that isn't right. really how sidereal confluence or twilight imperium plays out now you could yeah. try and enforce that, but it would be arbitrary. The rules are not well, like necessarily rewarding that sure. type of idea. The the alternative is a technological hurdle, which is to say, okay, if I can put every single player on an individualized lavalier mic yeah. and and isolate their sound and have that as like we were saying, like I I was only half joking when I said like you can't really it's not easy to do that like in a twitch stream format but in a recording format if i can isolate everyone's audio then in the edit i can control the conversation that gets displayed right i can go oh these two are over here in the corner talking it's like if you go back and watch our dream hack coverage yeah. from our, our ti game at dream hack there was like beautiful moments where david s nor was taking people aside but guess what I didn't have a microphone yeah, over yeah. there. So all I see is David S. Noor gesturing to whoever he's talking and we to can't hear him. about something. No, we don't know what and David have, S. Noor is saying. We We're, have no idea what he's saying. But if I had him on a mic and I could turn the levels around, you know, it's it's just a technological problem that could be solved with cash, right? I just, like, right. I just need a million microphones and 17 more cameras and like all of this stuff, you know, that of course we all wish for that and we all want that. But that is, you know, that those are the hurdles. So it's, you have to pick and choose your battles with this stuff. So I, I, to bring this back to Sidereal Confluence, I do think it's like a beautiful kind of problem to try and solve. Yeah. It's just one that like I already know what the first hurdles would be and figuring out how to pick my battles amongst those first hurdles uh, first hurdles is uh, <laughs> no, I like, extraordinarily can you that, difficult can you keep that in your battles be between your haddles? battles with haddles my, my battles and my haddles my hurdles and my turtles uh i want to i want to talk about a specific uh comment i'm not trying to call this person out i'm actually trying to to make a point yeah with and put kind of a button on what we're talking about the the problems that we encounter when it comes to commentary when it comes to streaming these board games are um they are unique problems. Yes. Um, someone recently mentioned uh, that they were kind of critiquing our, our commentary and they mentioned um, Artosis and yeah. uh, Tasteless. What's the other guy's name? Tasteless. Tasteless and Artosis, who are StarCraft um, commentators. 
Uh, they're very good. They're also professionals. Um, we're, we're <laughs> they've been not. doing it for uh, fifteen years. Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. To be clear. yeah. They are. We are. We are punk rock. <laughs> they are like Led Zeppelin. Um. So, uh, but beyond that, like, uh, my point is that they have a lot of advantages in broadcasting StarCraft that we do not have. Yeah. I mean, they have a virtual camera right. that can go anywhere and highlight anything. And then also the players do not talk to each other. Right. Like, right. They, they get there to talk is the whole no, time. Yes, they get to talk the whole time. And all they have to do is take the image on screen they're seeing and give you the nuance and the detail that they have because they're, you know, because they're also players and they know how to play the game right. quite well. Um, the, the, the real thing that I want to achieve someday like, and then we can stop, I think. We'll quit after this. <laughs> is is actually that part where we capture everything that's happening between the players. And that's why it's heartbreaking whenever we get the comments that are like, I can't understand yeah, yeah. what's going on with the players. Because what, what we're trying to do is essentially the very good version of capturing what everyone is saying. Yeah. And until we can do that, we are making do with kind of a pure commentary approach. We're actually going for something closer to what Tasteless and Artosis is doing, right. which is commentating it as if time. you don't necessarily need to understand everything the players are saying to each other right. in order to keep up with the game, yeah. um, which I actually think is true. But it also would be, it would be amazing if we could isolate. Yeah. If we could say, well, this right here, actually is critical and we are going to give you just that yeah. that would be amazing yeah. if we could do it poker style there's so that much is the closest thing right. that i can think of there, to what we want to achieve there is so much that isn't critical and we we get um justified criticism for like also just goofing around and just like going off on a tangent about like whatever movies we saw last weekend or something and right in commentary yeah, yeah. um but like and, and I, I this isn't a defense of that but you see the same thing with tasteless and artosis. You see the same thing with Olympics coverage. Think about Olympics coverage yeah. where it's like they bring in two experts in like this specific style of like whatever this weird like ski race is or curling. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring in these the, curling like, shooting experts. Ones. One, the one like, where you do like skis and then you and shoot. Then you what shoot is that rifle? Yeah, I don't remember. But but curling is a great example because I got super into curling in this last Winter Olympics. But guess what? Those caught like you're just watching dead roll of like the day, right? And and yeah. the and the game sort of happens over time. Those commentators go off on massive tangents. They don't have to deal with players talking, and and so like right. I, I I I am not saying that like you're you're wrong for wanting to hear everything the players say. Yes, we just you're very not wrong. We very often, I think we've done enough of this that sometimes we sense when a conversation is going nowhere or isn't critical information and is something that can be summarized later. And so then we're like, we'll talk over them now. And sometimes we're wrong, right? Some, we don't right. know everything that's going to be said. And we, so many times it turns. Exactly. So many, so many times something b goes from being inconsequential to suddenly very important. Actually, all it takes is a player to kind of tilt. Right. And then all of a sudden, any deal can become one that is going to matter because right. if one player decides well, this was the straw that, you know, broke the camel's right. back. And now I hate, I, I hate you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you now. Then, well, now that's the most important deal that right. we talked over already. Right. And you don't even know what right. that, what is it? 
you know, so what's I get, going on. I get and, it. And uh, the whole thing is that it's Twilight Imperium. It is literally a, I mean, it, it's a, it, it is a slog. And I don't mean that even in a negative way. I just mean like, it, I'm, you're talking about eight hours of stuff. I have to know whether or not everything is relevant to the greater whole. And we also like, we have to show up because some games, the players just like don't talk. You know what I mean? Like so, that's, yeah. that that happens less recently. I think Twilight yeah, Imperium has become talk a talkier yeah. game. But yeah. there was a time when people just showed up and sat at a table, and rounds one and two were almost silent, and we just commentated the entire time. And so, like, I that, miss those days. That, that muscle got built to to talk and explain things and make sure new players were getting onboarded to some of the concepts or whatever. But now we talk over players all the time and like more important stuff happens in round one and two that we you know very often we'll try to skip over it's it's a tricky thing and it would be trickier in sidereal confluence because we're talking about not even raw board position or known points it's like well okay the kit gained three black cubes out of that i have no right. idea if that's ever going to be relevant i do not know if that is going to have a meaningful impact on their end scoring because of the you know hunter's main gripe with sidereal conflicts we don't know how anything went until the very end of the game so like right. to stream actively throughout the entire course of the game it would just be like hoping the commentary is in the right direction of what right <laughs> of what's happening well and i would imagine it, uh this is a guess um if sidereal confluence is being played really well i would imagine the way it looks is everyone making really tiny yeah um advancements all the time right so instead of there being like a critical play that we can like scream about, it's just like, yep, that's them's them's good deals. Right. Them's the the little good deals over and over and over. Because right. if everyone's good, you would imagine you're not going to get away with a good a, a really really good deal unless you have a real like a lot of leverage. Right. We can't talk about leverage moments that are definitely possible in sidereal confluence. If for some reason, all of your cubes get kind of stuck. Like let's say you have like no one to trade with except for like one other player yep. you have a bunch of cubes that you're not using they're not going into converters you just have them well then that player can kind of like name a deal yep. that works like i mean they still they still can't this is like kind of my issue is like even in a situation like this if you have cubes they're worth something right you know right so they can't just be like all right well i'll give me all of those cubes for like one thing yeah. you still can just look at the numbers and then propose a deal that makes the most sense you know what i mean right. like i can't just say i'll give me you know eight cubes and i'll give you one but right. just so you can put it in a converter because if that converter doesn't spit out more value yep. than those eight cubes that you had to give me in order to get this converter then it doesn't make sense to do it yeah it's like objectively bad plays right. in sidereal confluence right which i think is my biggest point against it I like dumb games with RNG. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I the want thing. some randomness. There's no spark moments. There's no crazy yeah. things. We uh, EJ, I was telling him about the game, and he immediately compared it to Power Grid, which was a brilliant comparison that opened up yeah. my mind of what's happening in Sidereal Confluence, which is what you're sort of describing, Hunter, is if someone's on that steep upward trajectory, there's not a whole lot that can step in their way. Now, people, if the players are really smart, they'll recognize that steep upward momentum and be like, harsher deals for so-and-so right everyone right. needs to put the pressure on and that would be the entire weight of the decision making in the game is like when you see someone is just getting more value out of something but there's no moment that just turns things which means very often probably the player who won is the player who was winning the entire 
game was just like constantly in an, in a forward momentum in terms of like how their money is turning around into better money and then it would all come down to that final round right we would we there would be so much time and energy put into seeing where all of this money actually goes for the final points scoring you'd have that that would be you would you could almost take and edit down a video of like the first I don't remember how many rounds there were in a game. Let's say there's six. I don't remember if that's right at all. But let's say five rounds of the game, we make like 20 minutes of the video of just like, and eh, here's kind of how all the things went. And this is sort of how you could like have stat crawls if, if like TTS could like track who had what value throughout the game, right? Just like, oh, you have a total of $40 like sitting on your player board. You just sort of overview. Yeah, this is where all the money went. And then you spend 45 minutes explaining how everybody spent that money for points in the final round, basically. You know, it actually, I feel like you're kind of winning me over to the idea that Sidereal Confluence might be a really interesting game to, because it, it, it might be a really interesting game to break down what happened. Exactly. Exactly. After the you know fact. what I mean? Like, that might be the more interesting way to, to like, display mm -hmm. the game. Let everyone play their game, keep track of everything every player did, and then show me in a spreadsheet yep. what happens exactly. in Sidereal Confluence. <laughs> like that actually might be fascinating. Um, I you may have just this won a me this over. Is not a, this is not a game for a podcast or a YouTube. It is a game for a blog that just shows. Yeah, uh, it's like Makecraft game. Lily G needs to just like fall in love with this game and just show us <laughs> stats breakdowns of what happened in individual games of Sidereal Confluence. There's actually a lot of comparisons to Root, I would say, which is very surprising because Root has like no monetary negotiating no trading, no no trading. trading really. but you're doing yeah. all of the same things of looking instead of trading money you're trading board position and yeah. uh possibility score, scoring possibility right you're you're trading uh how much someone is capable of accomplishing rude is a crazy game it's crazy like, the, like what you just said is crazy yeah. like that what a weird yeah is anyone like maybe thought that like <laughs> Did they even know what Root was when they made it? Like, did they know? We've, listen, that Hunter, we've talked to Cole Worley, and the scariest fact is I think he does know. When yeah, he I, think he did. I think I, he's I, a genius. I, so. Yeah, that guy's a wizard sitting on a mountain by himself, like out in the woods, like playing with like little, you know, making like little wooden pieces yeah. and being like, I I have wizarded a game yeah. that has, you know, never existed before. Anyways, um, the, the point I was making, though, is in that same way, similar to, I think, stuff we've talked about with Root and we've seen uh, the podcast Woodland War Machine sort of execute is the notion of let less play as this faction guide, but more like, what do you do to play against these other factions? Like, once you've learned what you need, if you play as this, you know, I play as the fodder on. I know I need white cubes, so how can I make sure I'm always getting white cubes? flip the script and make an anti-Fodderon guide of like, how do we keep Fodderon in check? Okay, we deny white cubes and we deny ice plants. Deny how do we cubes. do that? Like, those sorts of strategies are the kinds of content I feel like you I can sort of have. Of, I mean, I think what's fun about episodes like this is that we can propose and question the entire methodology Absolutely. for potentially covering this game. So I got to challenge that a little bit, yeah. though, because isn't sidereal confluence like almost like a prisoner's dilemma? It is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the whole thing is. It, you might say like, oh, we should deny white cubes to Fodderon, uh -uh. but I have cubes I need too. Yeah, yeah. So how am I going to avoid giving Fodderon white cubes right. if I need cubes from Fodderon? Well, and it's, an, and it's never it's never a one to one in sidereal confluence, too. It's like I have green. I need white. Hunter needs 
blue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. I give my greens to to Duke for the blues, and then I give the blues to Hunter for the. It's like you're making these arbitrarily uh-huh. complicated deals to end up with what you need, but it's. There was no way to deny the white cubes from ending up where they needed to end up because, like you're describing, it's like somebody needed something somewhere. And all we're all trying to do, the worst thing you can do in scenario confluence is have cubes in your player area not on converters, right? Yeah, they need to do all something. All of the value is money generating more money. And so if you have money just sitting there in a checking account, not in a savings account, you did you had a bad round basically yeah this is just financial advice now if your <laughs> money let's say your money is just sitting in your player area you know what i mean by that uh-huh, uh-huh, just sitting in your uh-huh. checking account okay you need your money to be make to be in a converter making more money for you okay and now is when we talk about crypto yeah <laughs> so me and matt have started our own crypto it's really good y'all you just gotta put all your money so, into matt it invests all of his money in points and points are diapers and uh, for a while there it was baby formula and you just wow, light that, it let all me tell on you fire. Matt, uh, not a good return on investment you're gonna get uh-uh. on that to be honest that whole diapers <laughs> investment thing that's not gonna be a good return you're gonna get a grown human being yep. at the end of it yep. and that's not a good return on investment i'm gonna that's pay for college is what i'm gonna it's yeah, literally gonna a negative investment someone to go to college uh yeah horrible idea although let's be real molly's probably not going to college you know what i mean like let's not that's not let's not kid ourselves you know i don't know what's gonna happen with molly but i kind of doubt it's gonna be college you know will there even be college you know like is that even gonna be a construct why would there be college at that point you know i don't want to end that bit on such a sour note I'm sure Molly's going to go to like TikTok school or something like that. It'll be fine. There'll be something for Molly. It's just maybe not. If her, current, be the... if her current interests, I mean, she's probably going to go to acting school and learn how to do stupid voices. That's yeah, she's gonna her be main a, She's going to be a Muppet. Yeah. That's the thing. She'll go to Muppet school and become a Muppet. This this has been a fascinating uh, exploration of what it is we even do <laughs> like in trying to evaluate how would we cover sidereal confluence? Well, I don't know. How do we cover Twilight Imperium? How have we been doing this for five years? Um, yeah. So here's my question for you, Hunter. Okay. Because, uh, you know, and it's not to say there can be only one, but there can be only one first. So I just want to check your temperature. We've We've checked out two games now, thanks to the Galactic Council. Where are you leaning in terms of Spirit Island versus Sidereal Confluence in terms of something to cover? I think we're both going to just be playing these games now. Like, we both yeah. just like these games. I want to have a physical copy of each of them, and I want to I wanna play them. But which one do you feel hotter on the coverage of? Well, I think that between the two, if I had to make a choice right now, I think I would choose Spirit Island. I think it is more closely aligned with our values. Yeah. Um, it has it has the kind of poker chess aspect that Twilight Imperium has, yep. in that it, it has random swerving uh, bits yep. and known quantities. Um, Sidereal Confluence does have some random bits. In fact, you were playing a faction that has a like some kind of yeah. some of the some of the only random bit, but a lot of it is not very random. Um, and I think the randomness is important for our show to have meaning because what we are trying to do is 
give you strategy advice that helps you in the specific and also the abstract. Yeah. Whereas with sidereal confluence, I feel like, well, the specific is what you start with. And then the abstract is the other people at your yeah. table. Yeah, how everybody entirely. feels. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I, that's, that's kind of, I'm, I don't know if I'm willing to go into that cosmic horror exactly. of, of, of a board game podcast. Yeah. I mean, we're already pretty eldritch around here. Yeah. And I don't know how cosmic we can go. Yeah, I agree um, so completely. Right now, and, my vote would be Spirit Island. And and the struggles and the things to learn between the two, I think Spirit Island kind of excites me more. The idea, so like with Sidereal, it's it's how do we even explain these nebulous economic gains in a commentary or podcast aspect? And that's that's a difficult challenge. The challenge of Spirit Island is how do we talk about a cooperative game in like a meaningful strategic sense and that seems just like a lot more interesting right. to me uh, and something i i want to engage with and probably something that's like better for uh my willingness to like engage with it is like it's just it would be fun it would be a fun break from twilight imperium to have something where the end goal is a cooperative communal understanding of like how to do as well as possible or whatever. I just think that's really interesting. I think that's kind of beautiful. And that's something I would like to, to invest my, my time and energy into. That's kind of where my heart is at with spirit Island at the moment. Yeah. So all of this is to say that I think that in 2023, you can look forward to, I think a little bit of a, an upgrade to what space cats, peace turtles is. Um, I don't think of it as the show getting really any different. More like, I think that in running another podcast, uh, Old Gamers Almanac, which is about video games, you should check that one out. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're, we have trash opinions, um, <laughs> and which is great, uh, because we, we're, we're, we are trash cans as people. Um, but I think something we've learned from that show is that uh, planning the show can be part of the show. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very interested in possibly, Matt, doing a Old Gamers Almanac style drafting episodes yeah. um, episode with you right. in the new year. Right. Where we literally, for the audience, hash out... Scope out what a season. The, what the season, uh, what the next season of Space Cats, Peace Turtles will be yeah. specifically about. Will it always be about Twilight Imperium? Absolutely. Right. We will never change that promise. Um, we'll die before we <laughs> stop talking about uh, Twilight Imperium. You know? Yeah. That's that, I promise you that. I mean, okay? I can feel it. I feel myself inching closer and closer to yes, death. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the march is, is real. But, yeah. I, I, I think having an episode where we hashed out what, what we want to talk about, even, you know, as far as Twilight Imperium goes yep. and outside of Twilight Imperium, uh, you know, for like the next, I don't know, six months or whatever, Something. it'll be fun. And I think it's, I think it would be worthwhile. Yeah. I'm excited about doing that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited by trying to sort of reframe some ideas because I, I think we've done a lot over the years with the format that we have, but I think we're both excited by sort of exploring, um, mild changes to the format you know without it being a change to the content how do we sort of reshape the format to like 
make the make the content interesting in new ways or whatever that's that's something i want to do we've talked about like the idea of like more segments more segmented material where it's like let's talk about something let's find let's do micro conversations rather than a two-hour deep dive on something let's week to week chip away at 30 minute discussions of various topics or whatever i don't know these are these are like ideas we're putting out into the ether of like how things could get shaped but like framing that around like we talk a little bit about a different game and then we talk about a few different ti topics depending on what it is we're engaged with at the moment uh that that stuff is exciting to me so i i think that's a little bit of what you might be able to expect somewhat soon uh because we're talking about wrapping up the rest of this year we got our things we got to do we got holiday spectacular episode we got a faction hoot nanny that we require Mm -hmm. we are obligated to do every single year we have to tell you how good the factions are that's coming up i think next week is the faction hoot nanny um so we're sort of wrapping up december and then like hunter's saying i think we lead off the new year with sort of a like a behind the scenes pitch meeting of what the first half of 2023 looks like yeah, I'm going to bring, uh, and Matt, you're the, you, it's homework. Yeah. You got to bring episodes to pitch, yeah. and then we got to see who gets their stuff. <laughs> who puts, who gets, it that's, is a game. The great game has begun. <laughs> absolutely. It's time for us to compete. We don't compete enough on this show. <laughs> right. In all Gamers Almanac, we have that really bad yeah, yeah. competition energy. Got that brother and energy. I want to bring that energy <laughs> into this show. This show's not weird enough. Yeah, yeah. All right. We need to be. No, but I want to talk about this, yeah. man. Yeah. No. No, homebrew's not getting enough of a chance. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank all of our weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Kaluan, Jadim Jedi, Carnal, John, Necrodice Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Murderous Troll, Old Man G.I., Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, M44, Rwise, Ryan, Salty McScrubs, Spirit Thing, and WH Chiz. And I want to thank Mama's lovely larva. Patience is a virtue, my son is also named Borton, Nerf, Zerg, Baldrick, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Rekka, General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Vince. Um, all right, Galactic Council, you have uh, your poll. You've had it for a little while now. Uh, the poll, if you're not aware, the poll is uh, just seeing which faction guide will get an update next. Uh, uh, and it's every faction is available except for the ones that were recently covered, which are essentially all the Codex 3 factions, right. which include Kolaris, Yin, Nalu, and Extra. We're not doing those. We've done them recently enough. Right now, the voting coalesced very quickly yeah. Yeah. around basically only two choices. Apparently, everyone that listens to this show only really wants us to talk about <laughs> Sardak Nor and the Mahak Gene Sorcerers because yeah. y'all just right away were just like, it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a fierce competition. I'm interested in both. Oh, absolutely. So I, for well, me, Sardak is like a Sardak is like a, you know, we will all Sardak is the gift to Hunter, right? There's a there's clearly a sure. sect of the audience that's like, we want Hunter to have a good time for a month. Come on, he's been begging for it. He's sitting there begging to just let him play Sardak. So that's yeah. option one. And option two is, I think, the faction that has... Uh, well, first off, our initial faction got on them was pretty uh, hard on them, right? Like, our, yeah. our faction got him a hawked is from the standpoint of this faction has a lot of major hurdles to overcome and they're not necessarily great. And that was based off of 
their performance in Tournament 3, which was kind yeah. of underwhelming. Uh, right. But boy, they turned things around in Tournament 4, and the smart players who were always saying, I think you guys are wrong about Mahawk, I think Mahawk is really good, I think they're they've been right. proven right in the long run, and we yep. need, they, they are deserving of some reevaluation. Um, so yeah, I think both of these are great options. So anybody who's voted for other stuff, you know, you might want to change your vote, dip your hat into one of these two rings, because now it is, uh, you know, I think the primaries are over, and you have yeah. your two, you have your, your two choices on the ballot, and it's Sardak and Mahawk. Right, yeah, so make a choice for either, you know, it's kind of a lesser of two evils type, <laughs> you know, type deal, they're both very evil factions, so we'll just see, you know, which one you want to go with, you know, but, you know, get your I voted sticker and, and tell all your buddies, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, you can also rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. Give it a five-star rating. Let us know that you uh, like this thing, and uh, the algorithm will treat us kindly if you do so. You can also find our website, SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com, for information about how to be a part of our Patreon, how to be a part uh, our Discord, find our merch, and stuff like that. And you can also send this Imperium Life Stories to SpaceCats. Peace turtles at gmail.com. I'm itching to do another This Imperium Life soon. We, we've been not trying to burn too many of like the best stories for Play of the Week recently because I would love to do another This Imperium Life. We haven't done one in kind of a while, so that would be fun to get to. So send us your, your amazing moments of TI, your disasters, the worst thing that's ever happened to you in a game of TI. That's yeah. a perfectly... I would love a This Imperium Life where the entire theme is not skillful plays that happened but instead horrible things that occurred to to the players or whatever i would love for that to be a collection of this imperium life so we talked about the difference between sidereal and spirit island uh and and i think that you know we we said what we said we're leaning spirit island i don't think i'm done though trying to find other stuff too right Right. i i I want to keep checking you know i think hunter and i are in a very exploratory uh moment where we're trying to try out a lot of different games just to i think we leaned really hard into the idea that this show is a show about one board game and that is fun and it is still fun but a lot of games have come out (laughs) since we started this show that sound very exciting and we basically are always skipping the boat on basically all of them and uh, there's a there's a certain sense of like it feels important to maybe check out like some of the new stuff that's been coming out recently so i'm i'm not done exploring new things well, and, and the thing is, it's very sad because there's so many games out there that haven't been turned into esports yet. <laughs> and so we're just out here just being like, I mean, why can't that be an esport? Yeah. I mean, we we successfully egged on the root community into becoming an esport. Yeah. I mean, we basically Manchurian candidated them into doing it. Candidated them? Is that a word? Mm-mm. We we tricked them into yeah. doing it. And we take full credit for like the root tournament that garrick runs in the winter we take full credit for <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was basically all our doing. idea yeah 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 None it was like Garrick's all our hard, arduous work nothing yeah has nothing yeah, to do yeah. With that. i mean it was it was basically us we like kind of cooked <laughs> it up you know um and no we definitely didn't just uh just like gather a group of people and then claim their ideas we, we didn't like, beg them like, to make something make literally, sense for us <laughs> here's what here's our contributions to the root tournament commu- community we made a discord text chat channel for them <laughs> That's all we've done. For five That's people. <laughs> for five people. We, we invited five people to think about Into it harder than we could. And they were yeah. like, uh, we were yeah, like, we'll do this. Y- we'll take this and run with it. I was like, okay, cool. Y'all, Thanks. Y- y'all think about it. And then, yeah, they came up with something beautiful. Um, you know, perhaps we can do that kind of lazy work on some other games. Absolutely. Soon, you know, I think we're that capable. Really good. I think in that context, we're capable of anything. Yes. 
Exactly. I can make a lot of channels on my Discord. I can make one right now that just for me and Matt called Boop, and then that'll just be there, and you'll never find it. You'll never know about it because you can't see it see it because it's only for me and Matt. Okay? Just did it. It's just right there. It. I'm it's, looking at it's it. It's time for Camel Up to be esports. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>